Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I'm the host of the show today. Well, today I'm joined by Git Redding's Redden FC reporter, Jonathan Lowe. Nice to see you, Jonathan. Yes, good evening. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Good to be back. Thank plenty you. Talk, plenty to talk about. There is lots. There is a lot to talk about. And uh, we might as well start with last night's uh, game against Cardiff for 2 all. I thought the two teams slightly, well, I think they mirrored each other. I think the first half, Reading were okay, and Cardiff poor, and the second half, complete opposite. I thought Reading kind of collapsed slightly under the pressure, but also bearing in mind Cardiff placed second in the league and not actually a bad team as well. What do you think, Kevin? No, I think certainly, uh, first of all, Reading started, uh, started very well. Um, a few nervy moments in the defence, but that's uh, that's what we've become accustomed to. Um, got the, got the goals. Um, obviously, scoring before half time was a good time to score as well. But meant they had a good uh, advantage uh, going into the second half. But you did feel that there was a certain sense of uh, element of uh, inevitability. I think as the game wore on, uh, Cardiff kept pressing and pressing. Um, Reading. Uh, were kind of back to the wall stuff by the end and um, I mean you've got to give Cardiff credit they're obviously second place for a reason and uh, didn't give up and uh, got their rewards in the end and I think overall it's probably a, a fair result um, I think from a Reading perspective obviously it's two points thrown away but in the grand scheme of things it's a, it's a point it's five games unbeaten and something to build upon um, going into the uh, sort of festive period so um, yeah I say really good game I think uh, Overall, uh, one of the sort of best we've seen at the Manstead so far this uh, this season, and uh, sort of long may it continue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, no one could say that was a dull game. There were multiple chances for both teams throughout the game. You could say both teams could have said they could have won it. Cardiff had a lot of chances, and we also had chances. I just briefly watched the beginning of the second half, and I I kind of forgot how many chances we had. We had the shot from Maluku which was not a terrible miss or anything. He did well to even create a chance there. We had the shot from Kermigan, which was created by the goalkeeper kind of shanking his cross, his clearance, because Mo Barrow closed him down. Yeah. And it kind of, it, it was on target, but it, it lacked that conviction that you would have seen from Kermigan in the last six months of last season. Mm-hmm. And there was another one when Kelly crossed the ball across the box and, Kermigan's on form, he's there and he just gets his foot on it somehow and it's a goal on 3-0 as good as Cardiff proved to be at the end of the game I think the game would have been done Yes, no, I agree, I think um, did have opportunities um, didn't take them and it's easy to say would a kind of an out-and-out goal scorer have been on the end of one of them probably more than likely um, but wasn't to be um, I think even even at three 0 possibly you know if Cardiff did get one back with three one with twenty minutes to go they, they might have come back as well um, and yeah I mean obviously it's it's you know, it, it would have put them in a very very strong position had they scored one of the chances at the start of the second half um, but I mean on the plus side they are creating the chances and and. I mean, certainly Barrow's hitting form now. Six goals, I think, top scorer. Um, and they gave him the one last night, which I find quite amazing, yeah, really. I mean, that was, he was on target, I think. But it's a bit so, debatable whether it was his goal, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 
think well, the, the, the laws say, I think if it is on target, yeah. it's his goal. So. Yeah. I, I initially thought it was Paul McShane actually. So did I. Even watching on TV, I thought but, it was him. Yeah, I've seen it back about the sort of fifth or sixth time. I think it was one of the defenders who wrong-footed the keeper. So um, I mean, it's good to see him in the goals. I think he's he could have maybe offered a few more um, so far this season. I'd like to see Sonny Luco score a few more actually, mm. or at least sort of get into kind of goal-scoring positions. Um, and Jan Kermgen, if he, if I think if he did, does. Uh, get one goal soon then he, he should get a, a few more um, I do think it, it's a case of maybe just, just one goal might trigger a bit of a run hopefully um, but I don't think we obviously won't be seeing anything like last season 19 goals I think it was but um, I think you know when he starts chipping with a few as well um, you know, results will, will pick up uh, on a consistent basis yeah, I mean, the one thing about Kermigan, I do remember when he first signed for the club, that would have been under, ooh, who would that be? That would have been McDermott. McDermott, was yeah. McDermott yeah. signed yeah. him, yes. And the performances which he's putting in now aren't that dissimilar to then. So you can perhaps see that the player, the player's still there. He hasn't suddenly become an absolutely dire player or anything like that. He's just, like you say... If he scores a goal, it could transform his whole play. It just the confidence comes back in him and he relaxes a little bit in front of goal. It's easy to say that he should score these goals, but you still need confidence. Yeah. yeah. And I think he, he offers a lot defensively as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we said it umpteen times last season, the fact he was always the first one heading the ball out for a corner or, or a free kick. Um, what I mean, he's continues to do that in the last few weeks that he's been playing. And I don't know what that says about the coaching staff and defending at Reading and defenders at Reading because he shouldn't be having to do that. No way it's, yeah. uh, in his uh, age uh, he'd be having to do that, but but he is, and he's doing it well. Um, and I think from a defensive point of view, I think there is there is a, perhaps an argument he, he needs someone alongside him uh, for when he does get the ball. He, he does generally hold it up very well and, and bring others into play, but if there was someone instantly there um, to benefit from a knockdown or whatever it is, um, perhaps, I don't think, you're not really going to see Stan play too up front, but um, I think it's an interesting debate to have uh, whether he, whether, you know, whether he would benefit more from having a, uh, you know, like a, someone like Adam Lafondre beside him, mm. um, striking up that partnership and, uh, you know, getting in the goals, both of them. So. I think the problem like you're, I think you're right. I don't think he does get enough support. It doesn't come to him quickly enough. And I think that's definitely somewhere where Barrow and Leluku need to improve on. Those are the key players. And I think another player that we're definitely missing who quite often would link up with him from midfield is Swift. Yeah. And he was the player who would see that he needs some help and get the ball. Just play it simple. He doesn't need to do anything amazing with it every single time. We just retain the ball in the opposition's half. And last night, like you said, he was, he was for the last half an hour, he was playing like a centre-half. I mean, yeah. we've seen yeah, this before, but yeah. it's, not, it's not great. I mean, if we're going to play a centre-half, you might as well almost bring on a centre-half to do that job. Yeah, so, yeah it didn't send out a very good message. No. Coming uh, uh, and having to defend so deep and for so long. Um, again, you know, I don't know whether that's uh, that's coming from the manager or the captain or, or whatever, but it's it did send out the wrong message. And um, I mean, obviously they nearly got away with it, but it's not something you want to um, see too much going forward. 
um, because it's it's not his job. He is good at it, but it's it's not uh, not the, the long term plan. I don't think. No, no. I mean, on the tactical side of it, we saw that repeatedly last season, sitting deep. Uh, so many games of last season we won by one goal. I mean, I can't remember all the examples now, but it felt like every single yeah. game we were going into the 90th minute yeah. with a one-goal lead. And you just felt that a goal could come at any moment, really, because we weren't... We're not sure... Part of Stan's mindset is, you see, even after the win we beat, we were 3-0 up against Sunderland. His mindset was, we don't need to score any more goals, he said afterwards. We need the opposition to make a mistake and then we pounce. So instead of actually forcing a mistake, he's always waiting for the mistake. And yet again, we're kind of waiting for this, rather than trying to push up the field slightly and bringing Jan Kermigan back. It's, I mean, I know Cardiff played well, but we did rather bring the pressure on ourselves, I think. Yeah. I mean, Stan, Stan says a lot about um, setting his side up uh, to counter the opposition as opposed to playing to Reading's strength and I guess that, that's just an, another part of it it's um, you know trying to nullify their threats as opposed to you know do, look at what's good for Reading how can they how can Reading exploit um, the opposition so um, you know that's his way of thinking that's that's how he does things and obviously it's brought uh, a lot of success certainly from last season and it's eventually picking up this season but um, it's again it's slightly debatable I think it, you've got to play to your strengths just as much as you, you look at the opposition as well but maybe there is too much focus on the opposition I'm not sure yeah I mean as, as a fan I think I think there slightly is I think he's too worried I think I don't know if he's worried yeah maybe it is slightly I think he's too cautious with players because if you look at the players we actually have they're quite attack minded if you look at Kelly Edwards, Haluku, Barrow, Bakuna now playing a right back. Gunter, Gunter isn't known for his defensive uh, strength. So there's quite an attacking team, but you're asking them all to sit back repeatedly in matches. We say this, but if that, if that goal, if that ball had been a couple of inches the other way, we would have all said, oh, that's a great result against Cardiff. We've got away with that slightly, but who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's very thin lines, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like last season as well, the amount of times I thought, you know, their luck's going to run out at some yeah. point. Um, but, you know, was it luck? Was it actually, you know, good game plan and good game management, good tactics that actually um, won the day in the end? Our luck did run out eventually, sadly, didn't yes. it? <laughs> definitely did. We won't mention that too much. No, no, definitely not. I mean, oh dear, no, let's not go there yeah. again, no. no. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I'm trying to look at positives from that game last night. I still think there's a lot of positives. If we put that game with the Sunning game, the Sunning game as well was a game that we could have easily have been that banana skin and been that team that gave Sunning their first win since, you know, 2001, wherever it was. Yeah. And it would have been, you just felt that was coming. But we actually definitely helped by the fact that, I don't know what he was doing handballing that. I have no idea, but it's reflex. Yeah, I, I I, I'm still not sure about the handball. Obviously, the picture says handball. Um, he didn't question it, so he obviously mm. thought he handballed it. But there is a shove from Bakuna, 
I can't believe any of the Sunderland players went up to the referee and said, look, he's pushed him at least, you know. He did push him, yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, but he just took the decision, uh, walked off, and, and that was that. That was basically it for Sunderland. It was very, very bizarre. I, I, uh, I thought they would, you know, as teams usually do, kick up more of a fuss mm. uh, when there's a second yellow card or something, you know, a decision which is certainly not so clear-cut. Um, but um, obviously I think the linesman would have seen it, but it obviously happened very quickly, but... Picture show the handball, but as I say, he, I mean, he got. I thought he had a relatively strong case for being pushed um, into it, and um, you know, who knows what what would happen. Yeah, I think maybe moving off Reading slightly there for a second. I think maybe we saw a little bit of the disharmony in the Sunderland team there, not standing yeah, up for teammates. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. yeah that's I think there's there. a bit of a problem there, but yeah, let's not spend too much time talking about that. Yeah. No, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean just just that Reading did a very had a very very good performance produced a very good performance and um, I thought they would slip up but um, mm. I think as I say certainly once they got the first goal in control and uh, very good uh, very good three points yeah no definitely I mean if you look at the last two games we now seem to be scoring goals on a consistent basis which was a major problem that we had for the first three four months of the season mm. so we seem to have sorted that problem out and last night I don't think we played that great if you look at the whole match and we've still managed to get a draw against the second place team in the league in December so it could be a lot worse situation it's frustrating because we're so near but ultimately I I don't think it was an unfair result and I think if we go to Ipswich on Saturday and we actually get a win there which would be a big win because they're a few places above us I think that will get us back on track again pretty quickly yeah, and I think with uh, obviously they've got Burton at home coming up, Barnsley away, and, and Bristol City away as well. I mean, you think they like you'd like to think they're going to beat Burton and Barnsley. Mm. Um, Bristol City, yeah. there's no reason why they can't go there and get get the win. I know Bristol City have done very well, but um, I think they obviously had that dramatic win. I think on New Year's Day actually this uh, this year, um, last season, and. Um, I think you know if, if they've got some a few, few more wins under their belt and on this unbeaten run, then um, they can pull off a shock. Definitely. Yeah, that was one of the best kind of turnarounds that I've seen for quite a long time in that yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember thinking that that uh, that after that game, I thought maybe this is going to be running season. I thought. Yeah. So that was just that was just the. Not necessarily the turning point, but something which which made me think actually this is going to be on and it's. it's it's going to all fall into place. Yeah, no, definitely, because if you're 2-0 away from home against whoever you're against and to turn it around so late, you, I think any fan or any person watching it must have thought, I definitely did. I thought, wow, that, that shows something above ability there to do that. Yeah. You, you've got to have the belief to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think that would be a tough game. But I, I think there's nobody in this league that really really worries me massively. I don't look at anyone and think, wow, we're going to make Wolves. There's only there's one team, Wolves. I'll eliminate them because I think they look a cut above everyone. But then they got a nil-nil against Sunderland again. Well, yeah. That's the so you thing, just yeah. don't I mean, know. Certainly Wolves are the, the team I've been most impressed with so far this season. I think mm. they're very, very good at, at the Medeski. Um But yeah, like you said, I think somehow going draw with Sunderland. So... 
Um, it just shows. I mean, it, it shows that championship is very close. Maybe the level is not as is not as high as it kind of. Should be, but uh, that's why there's kind of such a big gap between Premier League and Championship. But mm. it makes for uh, for entertaining games, and and you know you go into every game thinking that you can win it, and there's no reason why you can't win it. So, um, and that's a nice position to have rather than going to you know going to lots of teams thinking you know a point might be good, we're probably not going to win it. Yeah, which is what is what you get in the Premier League, but obviously. Premier League is Premier League. So. Definitely, definitely. That's totally different. You, you go into the, any game in the Premier League with Reading, apart from their first season, yeah. and you just think, well, I'll take a draw from every game. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, kind of like that, Is that balance, isn't it? Is that what you want, or do you want to yeah. be winning more games than you're losing? Yeah, that is, that is uh, a good question. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should come back to that in a minute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think overall there's definitely more positives. There's always going to be negatives in games. But I, I thought that was okay. I didn't. I, I honestly thought that we might... I optimistically always think we're going to win because I'm just like that. But I was a bit worried that well, that could be a bad result last night. And I think that yeah. would have knocked to confidence a hell of a lot. So I think we can get over that one. I think we had the 2-0 lead, gave it away. But I think we'll be fine after that one. Yeah. So, yeah, quickly moving on to some EPR three thoughts then. So I asked uh, you to sum up your feelings about that performance last night. And uh, as always, most of you have uh, completely ignored the uh, three-word rule. And uh, you're very bad people. (laughs) So Johnny Hunt, who I have to say I saw Johnny Hunt on Twitter. I didn't see him in real life with only a T-shirt on. And that worried me, I have to say. That was... Too cold, Johnny. Don't do that. <laughs> and he says, can I go home to Ireland? Well, I think you're back there already. So, yeah, I think that's all right. Um, Andrew Smith sat, sat back far too early and allowed Cardiff room. Subs should be on earlier. The problem is, yeah, we did sit back. That is true. But I don't know what subs you'd bring on. That is the problem. It's apart from Borvarsson, maybe for Jan. But... Yeah, that's, that's the other thing at the moment. I think I mentioned it in my story earlier today, that the lack of options off the bench at the moment it's mm. not really very strong and they're all on the bench for a reason um, I mean Biran doesn't hit form at all at the moment uh, this season uh, Ilori's looks a bit shaky um, Popper doesn't offer too much um, apart from from running around a lot um, Bod Varson as I say is the only option really he can hold the ball up um, you know be, be that focal point up front um, and Pele Clement hasn't done it for me at the moment. Um, and then you've got the youngsters who you're not really going to chuck in to, to make an impact. Not in that game In, last in a game. So, no. Um, no. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, injuries obviously don't help, but um, it's from looking a very big squad, it's, it actually looks a very thin squad. Yeah, it's um, weird how we've managed that, isn't it? Because I don't think we've got a lot of key players missing now, as in through injury. No, I mean, for I mean, the Swift. Swift maybe? is the main one. Yeah. I think. Um, obviously, a, a very fit Gareth McCleary is is perhaps a. God, a almost forgot about him. Yeah. Um, George Evans is you know it can possibly in midfield yeah. of sort of resilience. Mm. Um, and then sort of the the fringe. I mean, Callum Harry. I don't think he'll be back anytime no. soon. No. Um, Joseph Mendes. Who? <laughs> Um, exactly so, <laughs> like, he just popped up for a few games didn't he yeah exactly. <laughs> like, we did well in those games in those Aston Villa games I, I, yeah incredible so, um, you know but, you never know, but um, 
Yeah, I think there's probably a few others that I've forgotten. Well, there's there's the person who seems to be. I mean, I'm sure he'd like to be fit and everything. I'm not doubting his um, uh, desire to be fit, and that's Stephen Quinn, isn't it? Yeah. He's yeah, the person think... that we've all not seen anything of for yeah, really I'm... two years now. Yeah, I think I I think we've seen him for the last time in a Reading shirt. Yeah, yeah, I saw him so... uh, play in the League Cup. You were probably there as well, obviously. But yeah, he yeah yeah not I, quite I the asked, same. I asked all drink. Uh, the assistant boss last week about him and he just kind of said long term and didn't really give anything else away but I think I think being out of contract in the summer I think for for whatever reason I don't know what's what's happened it's, he's obviously got this knee injury which is not clearing up and um, unfortunately for him I mean he's still early 30s he still probably could offer a, a few more years at this level but unfortunately for one reason or another it just hasn't worked out and uh, I can't see him staying already. No, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case, does it? In other words, he's just nowhere near it and he just can't get fit for anything more than one or two matches at most. Yeah. So, yeah, I and think... And I don't think he'd really fit into a, uh, a best Reading starting eleven. No. Not quite sure. I guess he'd be either a holding midfielder, would he, or, or maybe even left back. It's difficult. Yeah, you could see him possibly playing there, but really, is he above all the players that we've exactly. got, even at his yeah. peak? I don't know. I'm so long since I've seen him play his best. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, he's not a player you can dislike in any way or form because he always gave a hundred percent. And but yeah, I just can't see how he fits into that system at all. No, no, no. So moving on to the next one uh, from Roll Dave. Frustrating. We went far too negative at 2-0 up. Literally gave up going forward for half an hour left. That said, see if you can break us down. They did. Well, if you've got your centre forward playing at centre half, this is never a great situation, is it really, yeah. for the last half an hour? Yeah. I think there's sort of players like Aluko and uh, Barrow. I mean, not it's their, primarily their job, but they didn't hold the ball up. No. When they did... It disappeared, didn't they, really, in the last half an hour or so? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you kind of... It's not their game at all. You want to see them in the final third running at players all the time. Yeah. It's the archetypal kind of winger, yeah. striker kind of player who doesn't track back a hell of a lot. Yeah. yeah. So we saw that. I remember seeing that a lot with Jimmy Kebe, but then he'd suddenly go past three players and fall over. So you never yeah. knew what was coming next. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> From uh, Alan Dadros, uh, two drop points. Yeah, can't argue with that. But another good performance. We have nothing to fear from anyone in the league. Can't disagree. From uh, Sweep. From, yeah, can't do the rest of your name. But you would have taken the draw before the game, but to throw it away in that fashion just isn't good enough, regardless of who we are playing and where they are in the league. Also frustrating knowing that three points would see us rise to the top half of the table. Well, yeah, fair enough. Poor game management from Priory, Priory D Ministry. Yeah, um, Alex Squire, embarrassing. I wouldn't say it's embarrassing. I think it's a bit strong. If your team go out and lose six 0 at home to Bristol Rovers, that's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you end up signing two of those players eventually. So, no, that was embarrassing. No, not last night. No, I've seen a lot, lot worse. And Japs I, yeah, nice uh, name there. Okay, versus second, which is. Yeah, I, we went through. I don't think it's unfair. No. Really? No, you can't no. expect them just to roll over. They're in second of, in yeah. December for a reason, yeah. like us last season. 
they got they've got I mean a lot of their players I, I you know seem to have seen a lot of championship clubs seem to be been around the block but uh, you know credit to Neil Warnock he's getting the best out of them and um, certainly I think I, I was impressed most with Hoylet I think last night yeah he always seems to play well against us yes quick skillful yeah. feet and uh, you know always looking to open up the defence. Yeah, he's a good player who's never quite... I thought he would do a bit better maybe three or four years ago and then he went into the uh, QPR Vortex for a little bit. Yeah. And that seemed to um, uh, hurt him, which is understandable. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, no, no, he's a decent player. And if he gets his confidence, if he's used in the right way, which whatever we say about um, Warnock... He will get his players playing as a unit and he will play... It doesn't matter what players he's got. He'll find a system that works. Mm. You can't yeah. doubt his managerial record and I'm definitely not his biggest fan, yeah. but you have to look at what he's done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's not a Premier League manager, but I couldn't imagine him at Reading, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. Well, I was thinking, actually, I would love to have him, uh, from a selfish point of view, to, to you know... He'll be uh, give you so much uh, good material every week. He after he's just the match, how it is and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not afraid to uh, uh, shirk anything. Really, it's uh, it'd be great. Someone like him, or you know, even Ian Holloway, just some of these fans yeah. who just say how it is and uh, um, you know, avoid the wishy-washy stuff of like Nigel Atkins and oh. and just say, just tell it straight, honestly. And uh, if you get done for it, you get done for it. But, uh, he knows how to wind up the opposition, 100%. Oh, yeah. He's an absolute master yeah, at it. He's been on the block. And he knows how to do it. Whatever he said last night, I don't know what it was, but uh, <laughs> he wanted something too far. No, no, I don't think he did, but I don't think he did. He just knows how to... He knows how to affect the other team before the game and after the yeah. game. Yeah. He's very clever at doing it. Yeah. And everybody walks straight into it. He knows what he's doing. Like Before, before the game, when he played against Redding, he's like, oh, Redding, I've got a really good team. They're a hell of a team. They're really in a bad position. We do well to get a result and all of this. And you think, Neil, come on. Come on, you're second in the league. <laughs> We've seen this before. But yeah, so I think we'll talk about something else uh, right now. I think we'll move on to maybe the atmosphere at the Medeski and the match day experience and what do we think and how people are not going? Because last night the attendance was given as, well, it seems to be multiple things as 16, 11. And I even heard someone else on after the game saying it was 8,000 8, on Radio Berkshire. I heard Tim Della saying that. Now, I, how can you have three different attendances at one game? I'm trying to think. Okay. You could have two, possibly. Eight would have been uh, some poor maths because... The 11 was, was including the Cardiff fans. Yeah, okay. Um, That's really bad they, math, isn't it? Nearly, I think nearly 2,000 or so. So mm. um, I think it equated to around about 9,800 Reading fans. Okay, yeah. 1,900 um, Cardiff fans. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, it wasn't a good attendance and it, I'm sure it didn't look good on TV. Um, it doesn't really put Reading in a, in a good light. Um, having said that, obviously it was Monday night, it was cold, um, you know, Reading are picking up, but they're not kind of hitting the, hitting the trap just yet. Um, so, you know, there, there were reasons for it, um, but I think still it would have been nice to see a few more fans in, just because I'd say it makes for a better atmosphere, it makes for an atmosphere, 
and I think you know if you're a player and you're going out to that, it's, it doesn't really inspire you that much. No, definitely, it must I be mean, difficult going it. out. No, I just can't. I mean, you, just common common sense. Really, you go out and if you know any less than half the stadium is there to see you play, you kind of don't really give hundred percent. Especially when you're not actually in a bad bit of form. No, as well, exactly, you're yeah. not actually being in bad form, and you're scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. They're not uh, going quite hundred percent yet, but they're certainly getting there. And um, I think, I think, like we said off air, if it was a Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, there would have been a lot more fans in from both sides. Um, so I think that say there were factors, and obviously being on TV as well. But I think you know, if you're a hardcore supporter, you, you know, it's, you're going pretty well. Uh, the team second in the league is coming to town. Um, mm. Neil Warnock, whether you love him or hate him, it would be nice to see him in the flesh. Um, <laughs> Getting sent off. And, uh, yeah, sent exactly. to the stands, yeah, technically. It's but... fireworks of some sort. Um, I think it would have been nice to get a few, a few more fans in, but um, for one reason or another, they chose not to. No, well, I was one of those ones who didn't go, so I'm not going to criticise people who didn't go. Games, so a, you know, yeah, it was. It was. Goals and sending off. And people saying, oh, he's... I've seen for such a long time in Reading saying it's not entertaining going to go to the football. You want to see goals. Well, okay, you want to see Reading goals mainly. I understand that. But one thing you can't say about that game was that it was dull. And if you look at a match day experience as a whole, I think... I think there's two separate groups of fans. There's the younger fans, and they have their own needs and wants, obviously, at games. And then, well, maybe even three, because we've got a family side as well. And then you've got an older side, which I'll include myself in. So we're trying to put all three together. And I think some of the factors that, as a fan, I think that commonly come up, some of these don't bother me, but these things that commonly come up, is goal music, is the pre-match build-up. I think this person has improved, but I still find him slightly annoying, I have to be honest. <laughs> but... And then you have, we're very, very child-orientated and we have a lot of things. I mean, I don't know any other club that has two mascots. <laughs> These kind of things. It, you, you go past the Medeski sometimes on a match day and you do think sometimes you could be walking past a crash. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of it's very young, which is good going forward. But there's a whole bunch of fans of my age they want something a bit more of a normal football experience. And I think if you were to trial, say, if the club were to trial, not you, I'm not blaming you, Jonathan. <laughs> if they were to trial things like not having goal music, I think they can make a difference. But I think the style of football almost is the excuse, or excuse, is the reason people use for not coming. What do you think? Do you think that's a... Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it is is they don't don't like the, the passing style, the possession-based mm. style. Um, they find it very laborious and it's uh, I don't know whether they're living in the past and expecting it to be a you know like a 106 season and just get the ball down the flanks put it in the box and uh, having a score at the end of it but uh, I'm afraid you know it's moved on now and um, I, I think obviously there's a there's probably a, other reasons as well but I think predominantly it is it is that and I mean Yapstam has said you know if you don't like it then don't come and that doesn't help, does it? No. That doesn't help, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's said it how it is and, and the fans have voted with their feet, so... Yeah. Um, the ones who do go, uh, it's up to them to make the atmosphere and 
spur on the side to, uh, to success. So. Yeah, I mean, the common thing was before there was no goals and everything and there was no excitement. But now we're seeing goals in a common thing, which I've said brought up. But I think when you see the atmosphere before the match and everything, I think this affects people going. I mean, I tried to get there as late as possible <laughs> to ignore all of that. That's completely against everything that the club wants. But maybe that's an older fan thing as well, though. I don't know, do younger fans... I, I've no idea. Let us know, do you get there earlier? But... What I'd, I'd love to know why people don't actually, what their major problems are with the club's experience. Because for me, if we win, surely that is your number one objective. Yeah. Style of football, yeah. yeah, it's lovely if we go out and play attacking football every single week and we score beautiful goals and we suddenly turn into Barcelona or Arsenal when they were good. It would be nice, yeah. but we're not going to do that realistically. No. I think, you know, there's accessibility as well I don't think that helps I mean obviously that's that's been the, the case for, for ages ever since it's been there but um, you know there's not a lot to do around there so you can't really park unless you pay I think what was it tenner or something, something like that, that yes at least um, yeah. so you know you have to rely on buses and stuff and, and if you do get a train you've got to get a bus as well so um, and I say it's not really a lot to do around the ground itself you know unless you want to have a pie or a drink or whatever. Um, but, I mean, the club is doing a lot to, to try and get people on board, but it's it's it's, it's tough. I mean, attendances suggest that, and, um, you know, whether it's a case of lowering ticket prices even more, I don't know. Um, I think maybe just the, the, the kind of the solid core fan base is not as big as it they want it to be and it's it's going to take a while to build that up because um, it's not going to come overnight and uh, you know you've got a you've got a decent championship team and I think it's important to look at the bigger picture as well yeah. I mean you could be down in the doldrums of League 2 or struggling in League 1 it's you know playing you know sides who are, who get kind of 6,000 people every week so mm. um, you know I think perspective is important as well but uh whether they want to have the Premier League days back and have the big boys in town, it's it's kind of wishful thinking at the moment. It's kind of... I think there's a bit of a mentality thing in Reading. I mean, I, I just don't think Reading is really a football... I'm not going to say the city because that brings up all kinds of things because it's not a city. <laughs> Reading is not a football town. And I think maybe the 2006 season was the pinnacle and we've kind of ride that way for a little bit and now we've come back down to roughly where we are. 16,000, average. I think that's probably realistically the best Reading can get in the championship. If you look over the, the years, but it seems to be drifting slightly lower every season now. And not only that, the, the, I don't know how we've managed this, but we seem to sell the season tickets, but maybe a third of them don't turn up at a lot of games. Yeah. Because it's, quite cheap yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they think I can miss two or three games a season and that's fine so almost the club have created the situation where people don't have to come mm. which is not a great situation but no it's a, it's a strange uh, I'm not quite sure how we get out of that really yeah I mean I say I mean, they, they're targeting the younger fans which is understandable as well um, you know getting kids along and, and have plenty of stuff kind of half time and they've got the 
the thing of the Carabao cans and, and the shooting at gold and, and the golden gamble draw, whatever it is. And, mm. um, and got music playing and, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, they are doing it, doing a lot. It's just, uh, you know, getting people there on a regular basis. They, you know, they'll come out for, for Leeds United, uh, yeah. you know, a couple of, you know, some of the big sides. Um, if we got Man United in the cup, they'd be there. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and if the, uh, if it's, yeah, like a big side, a big side will bring um, a lot of the, they'll fill out the South Stand as well, more often than not. Yeah. Or at least, you know, take up a lot of it. Uh, and that obviously helps the atmosphere. Um, so I think they are there. It's, it's just somehow convincing them it's a better option than doing whatever else they're doing. Yeah, 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 that is the thing. I mean, the problem is also Reading's such a commuter town. Yeah. And that is yeah. a big impact. You look at a lot of other clubs around the country and they've, it's so hard to build a fan base. I mean, if Bournemouth had a bigger stadium, how many would they realistically get for their home matches? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't see them getting more than 20,000 a week, even in the Premier League. No. So it's kind of that. I mean, how many does that ground hold? 10, 11,000? It's tiny. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean they they must be missing out on something. Must be, yeah, they must be. But I just yeah. think with Reading, it's it's just a really hard problem to solve because you want to try and keep the young people involved. You want to keep the people of maybe my age, forty plus, going, and that is really that's a hard mixture. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard mixture. Is, yeah, and but like you said, ultimately, is you know if the stringing wins together on a consistent basis then I'm sure this will start coming back but as soon as any element of negativity I don't know whether there's a poor result yeah. it's kind of back to square one so you're constantly having to convince people and build up the fan base like that it's... I don't um, I'm not jealous of Ron Gourlay's uh, job of trying to entice more people come to Reading because it's a really difficult sell I mean I'm jealous of his wage yeah. <laughs> I would just bet. But I would not be jealous of that job because it's almost impossible. The only way you can do it, I think, is by being in the Premier League. Yeah. And even then, when we were in the Premier League last team, I know we weren't very good, but we didn't fill the stadium out for even some of the big teams. No. So it is a problem. And I, I think maybe, maybe we have to look over, over a, a longer term and look at where we were all the way back before we came to um, uh, the Medeski and we're way back in Elm Park. So you look at the averages then, probably six, seven thousand, maybe, and then we've jumped up to seventeen thousand average in the championship. So that's eleven thousand in just nearly twenty years yeah. now. So if you're getting averaging that, well, that's not so bad. But yeah, I think as well. I mean, another factor is maybe if, uh, like kind of the disconnect maybe between players and fans. Yeah, I think that's. Another thing, I mean, I, I went to the last week with um, some of the ex-Reading coaches and a few of the ex-players there, like Federici and um, uh, who else? Well, Gunter was there and um, Federici and uh, who's the other one? Um, one of the other ex... He'll <laughs> uh, come back to me in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, Joby, that was it, Joby. Mm. Um, so, you know, kind of those types of players who, who you, you, know, you could probably come across in town or whatever and just say hello, have a chat with. And, you know, a lot of the 106 side probably, you know, the 
Stephen Hunt and Kevin Dodd yeah. and Kits and all that. Like, there was a there was a connect, uh, I think, between fans and um, and the players then. But but now there's there's less uh, of that kind of connection, um, and you know maybe if they had a few more academy players in the first team on a regular basis, you know a few more players like Liam Kelly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Maybe a few more people would uh, would be interested in going, but because you know a lot of the players now are just. Uh, you know they'll spend three or four years at Reading. You know they'll give it their best and everything, but they'll move on, and um, that'll be that in their career. So we kind of just become another one of those clubs that just rotates, stays in the Championship. I mean, I can't see any chance of us going down or anything anytime soon. But we weren't that when we had Medeski. We yeah. had this almost local boy done good. I, I know he's from Stoke, but he was basically from Reading. Yeah, yeah. And we had that link for so many years of a person coming in. And then we've had multiple owners since. And yeah. it kind of, I mean, nobody knows anything about the Chinese owners at all. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard them speak a single word. No. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you haven't as well. So it's frustrating that they, they don't have to. They don't have to. They haven't done anything wrong by not speaking. But in maybe they have no, maybe they have I think if they'd come out and showed some connection with what they're trying to do you you know what they're saying is just for PR understand all of that but to not doing it at all people have no idea who they are at all yeah exactly yeah and I mean they've they've been to a few games this season but um, certainly not at every game and as no. far as I'm aware Problem is they sit right below me, so I can't actually see physically if I. Uh, you need to get a periscope. Like, so, 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 so I need some sort of yeah. you know, some sort of spy cam. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean they they basically do their talking through the chief executive, who uh, I would say I've only spoken to a couple of times really. Mm. Um, he's kind of difficult to get a hold of. So um, you know, they're obviously letting their actions speak louder than their words really, and uh, you know there's work going on at the training ground. And, Mm. Um, there was obviously investment over the summer you know players were also things like the pitch yes um, yes which are good good science yes. Stuff, but it, yes it would be good just to hear from them just to see what's you know what what their visions are what their short and long term plans are um, you know where they see Reading in five years time or, or whatever and you know how what they what they made really of their time so far at Reading you know what they've done differently what, what enjoyed doing there's plenty of stuff to ask them yeah lots um, yeah but uh, yeah I wonder do they remember standing on Elm Park I mean right, exactly. <laughs> like Anton yeah. obviously did <laughs> yeah. most important uh, question of them all yeah, yeah. no you do feel I do feel at one moment they just appear and yeah. that will be it yeah. and then that is your moment isn't it you're going to yeah. get it'll probably be uh, I think that Burton game might be the moment yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Okay. I just got this feeling. <laughs> the five hundredth game, it's almost into that period. They've been there for a while. I just I don't know. I, I'm probably totally wrong. Just a feeling. I just remember uh, Anton doing the suddenly appearing on Match of the Day when nobody had seen him for a long time. Yeah. I think uh, with all due, due respect, Burton. I think if it was a bigger game, I think they'd almost certainly be there. Mm. Uh, but I don't know. You know. No, you know. You're right. You're right. It might not be, uh, but. I have a 5p bet on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go big. Okay. It would just be nice. I mean, all I've all we've heard from them was a kind of um, nondescript press release, I think, when they first came in. 
saying we're going to have world-class facilities. I think it was world-class. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah world-class, which yeah. is um, really, you could have taken yeah. copy and pasted that from quite a lot of owners, couldn't yeah. you? It was yeah. nothing, you didn't expect much, but something a little bit more than that. I mean, whatever you said about the ties, at least one of them, Tiger, played the game a bit. Yeah. And tried to get yeah. involved a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Definitely, but yeah. That's I think that's another major reason is nobody knows why actually who owns the club. Mm. Yeah. You know, they look yeah, and I mean it's not necessarily having to hear from them on a weekly basis. No, not at all. But just no. you know, just to show that they are there, they are interested. Um, whether it is through through statements or, or just appearances at uh, at the ground. Um, mm. but because they are so elusive the just don't know what's uh, what's going on, what's in their mindset and whether they're going to sack Yapstam tomorrow, for, for all you know, they, they might do. Yeah, I mean, everybody says um, uh, Yapstam was going to go and all that, and my feeling was that wasn't going to happen because of the owner situation. Mm. I'm not quite convinced on how involved... I know they're not involved, but mm, Ron Gawley, I'm not sure. My feeling is that they're not that proactive. Mm. That's my yeah. feeling <laughs> with it. Yeah. And everything that they've shown, it's been the right decision not to get rid of them, I think. I think anyway, but yeah. Well, I mean, they, they say they they let the running of the club be down to Ron Gourlay basically, and and what he says goes. And uh, obviously, he's he's good mates with Brian Teverden, and Teverden's a big uh, admirer of of Stam. So um, you know whether they were contemplating replacing the manager, I don't know, but I think. I'm sure Teverden would have stood up for him, you know. To yeah, yeah, totally. And, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's got to be a, a collective decision. It can't be just a one-off decision from Ron Gould. No. I don't think he's, he's got to have the backing. Yeah, yeah, t- totally. I mean, it's, it's come on to transfers in a minute. We'd love to have signed a striker in, in uh, summer, but actually... <laughs> There's probably come a point when you say, actually, I can't. We can't spend this money. Mm-hmm. It's not just. I'm sure. I didn't think Yabstam said, "Oh no, I don't want to sign Nelson Oliveira." He's definitely not what I want in my team. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, or maybe even Jordan Hugo. I, mean, I don't know how many goals he's got this season, but um, has he got maybe six or seven or seven or eight. I'm not sure. It, yeah. Yeah, but you look at him, and I look at Jan now, and I think, yeah probably would probably have somebody who's fit and running around quite a lot and being proactive. But going on to transfers, those lovely owners that we've got that yeah. I've uh, just been maybe slightly criticised. <laughs> um, are they going to put their hands in their pocket and actually spend any dosh? What is your feeling, Jonathan? Are we going to see the transfer record smashed completely? Oh, uh, I'm going to put my neck in line and say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think there will be investment. I think uh, they've had meetings with the sort of the management team, and um, all indications suggest that they are going to certainly try and get some players or two or three. I think. Um, I don't think it will depend on too much on players going out basically because I don't think they're going to get too much for any players who do go um, I mean, that's, that's kind of another story but yes, um, yeah. I think yeah I think two or three players I mean ideally a striker every club wants a striker though so I don't I think it will probably if they do get one it's going to be someone of the calibre of someone like Dennis Rackles someone from abroad a bit of gamble um, I mean there's obviously an outside chance they might get a kind of a 
academy striker from a Premier League club, which again is another type of gamble, but mm. maybe a bit more, but maybe less of a gamble because they're, you know, in the English culture. Um, but either way, you're not going to sign a prolific striker unless they break the bank, which I certainly can't see them doing. No. Um, and I think maybe another centre back is probably the other um, obvious place where they need strengthening. Um, yeah. Paul McShane and, and Liam Moore have done very well. I think Liam Moore will be in the Premier League I think next season, whether it's with Reading or not, I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah. I can't see him sticking around too much longer. Um, and say with Thiago Eloy, he hasn't really convinced me that he's a. He's gone backwards. Long, long, I'm not quite sure how he's managed it. Uh, no, at, at no. Back, he's um, not kind of just can't. Not very good at passing, which doesn't help, and just uh, what offs doesn't help in, in Yap Stam's game. No, but in general. Um, and just, yeah, and, <laughs> and just not delivering on a consistent basis, and hence why he's outside again. Tyler Blackett can probably play centre back as well, but he's he's not done very well this season. And I mean, unless he goes down to the academy ranks, you've got the likes of Rob Dickey or Gabriel Osho, but he's not going to play them. So I think no. it's certainly an area where they need strengthening uh, elsewhere I think they are looking pretty strong um, obviously you know you, you've got Bakuna as a good right back option now mm. um, I think he's he played at left back as well I think he's played, maybe had a couple of games would you would you buy midfielder so you, uh, sorry a right back or probably a left back realistically a left back so you could then put Bakuna in midfield so if we sign a left back that could actually Make yeah. a whole triangle of moves there. Yeah, I mean, that uh, could it would possibly maybe make work. it a bit more balanced. Yes. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, maybe maybe from a defensive point of view, it would be good to have, have a, a, an actual left back in there. Yeah. Because he has been caught out a couple of times, Bakuna. Yeah. Um, and he does offer a lot going forward, but then it's who would you take out of the central midfield to put him in? I mean, Case coming yeah. on. I mean, Swift, I think a uh, fit Swift you'd have almost every day. I yes, think he definitely. likes Vandenberg. He he does a good job. Um, so it's a delicate juggling act, and um, I mean, yeah, it's a nice dilemma to have. Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, possibly that is an option. You've obviously got Omar Richards. He's he's young, but is is a uh, an option there. Um, let's say Blackett is an option. Not a very good option, but he's an option there. And then you've got a beat coming back in six months as well. So, you know, it's... I don't know. I think they they might stick with what they've got in that area. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Unless they could yeah. perhaps get black it out. But I can't see him wanting to leave. Not realistically. No, and I, I don't know where he would go. I mean, I'm sure some yeah. championship types would take him. Yeah. Um, if you play him as centre-back, yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely okay at uh, centre back. Well, that's yeah, that's that's also another option. Isn't yeah. It? His confidence is just he's putting some horrible performances this season. Yeah. Yeah. He just looks really very very nervous. Yeah. Whenever he's he's aware of his the rest which is normal. I yeah. I thought, uh, yeah. The first couple of games I thought it wasn't too bad actually. Mm. Yeah, he made a few mistakes, got dropped, and came back in, got dropped again. That Norwich game when he let um, Nelson Oliveira just yeah. No, there wasn't Nelson. He was God. I must go in my head. Jerome. Yes. When he let Jerome yeah. go, it, that yeah. was it. Was almost the kind of difference between his performances this season and last. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. But 
you know, yeah, again, another signing that we made for free, kind of, Bosman. It's yeah. never completely free, but yeah, you sign these players. But I think the one player that we'd all desperate to keep this uh, winter is probably Liam Moore, because I think yeah. without Liam Moore, yeah. we'd be in severe well, trouble. Yes. <laughs> I think he's an yeah, absolute I think he's, he's come rug. a lot. He's, uh, he's getting uh, sort of more consistent in his, in his play exactly this season compared to last season I think and um, yeah I mean if you want a talented young English centre back then you're not going to get too many more no in the whole country I'd say than, than Liam Moore and even the fact that he is English I think that, that should put it up his price tag as well and, yeah um, you know he's coming into an age I think he's 25 24-25 so he's got plenty of years ahead of him and um, mm. got no doubt he'll, he can play in the Premier League yeah, I think and, you know, he's, done, he's done really well. I mean, he obviously fell out of favour at Leicester, had to kind yeah. of pick himself up, um, you know, start all over again basically at, at Reading at the start of last season and got a full season under his belt. And uh, he, he admitted he was only kind of averaging about six out of ten, but now he's kind of getting sort of seven, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. Um, he's not the finished article, but he's, he's certainly on the way there. And he's, he's proved a very, very good buy. Yeah, I mean, I can see, I see, I see him playing in the, definitely see him playing in the Premier League. I mean, I think the only reason he wouldn't be in the Premier League next season is because of injury, and I hope that doesn't happen yeah. to him, obviously. But he is, yeah, I can't see him staying. Yeah. I really can't. I'm sure, the, yeah, I'm glad we got him on a new contract. But I'm also realizing these contracts, there's things about players leaving if they don't get promoted. So. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Yeah, I mean, so he's, it works. You know, he's, he's ambitious like like they all are, but uh, mm. yeah, I'm sure if a, if a good offer comes in, yeah, whether it is you know, probably someone like a West Ham, West Brom, that type of club. Yeah, or even someone like a Bournemouth uh, again. Bournemouth, yeah. Yeah, I could see that with yeah. Liam Moore. With Liam Moore. Uh, Southampton, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Eddie Howe. My brain's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Bournemouth are right defensively, actually. Um, yeah, they are. But... Yeah, they're just yeah. You're right. They probably are actually. Yeah, maybe Southampton. You know, if they mm. let Van Dyke go or West Brom if they let Johnny Evans go, then he's you know he's, I'm sure he'd be up. Yeah, there. I see him there. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah. He has a few, like you say, he has a few things that you in the Premier League you would get caught out slightly, but against a lot of teams in the Premier League, he'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you had another quality player alongside him, you, you're not going to have that problem. So, yeah. 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 So I can't see that many players leaving in January that we actually want to keep. But so I don't think we'll be able to get rid of many that we want to get rid of because that's no. how it works. Because they will want to leave. Um, they'll hang out because they'll probably be towards the end of their contract. So who would uh, want to leave if you can get a hell of a mo- more money six yeah. months later? <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah. so like when we sign players like John Swift out of contract, you, you get them a lot cheaper. So... Yeah. So yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think there'd be huge movement. Maybe a striker, but this is the perpetual um, thing. Every single transfer window, isn't it? We had Vidra, we had Saar, we had Blackman many years ago. We've um, had Glenn Murray. <laughs> We've been through yeah. every single one. There seems to be. We must sign a striker, and it's the same for probably twenty teams in the championship, yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to Saturday against Ipswich. I think that would be a really tough game. I think we should keep. I think we should keep the same team again. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can't mm. see 
like we said, the only option would be Bodvarts and up front, maybe give Kevin mm. a rest. Maybe. Um, I think it might be a, might be a, 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 a worth a try. And obviously, maybe he doesn't offer as much defensively as mm. um, as Kervigan, but he's he can hold the ball up, he can score goals. Um, but I can't see him changing a winning side or like an unbeaten side. No. Um, and I say elsewhere, I don't think any of the injured players are going to be back for this weekend. So I think it's going to be as you were. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they any of the players really deserve to be dropped after last night. I I don't think that would be really. I don't think that would help anything in this situation. So no. I don't think any of them put in performances that you think, oh, that was shockingly bad <laughs> at all. No, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it is a part of of why they are stringing some results together now. They're sort of developing mm. ships across the field. Definitely, um, it's you know it's good going forward. So I, that's a really tough one to predict. This one, I mean, um, I record it, which isn't that bad actually. It's not too bad at all. I'm going to say that we're going to win. 2-1, because we seem to get two, at least two goals in every game now. Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? Um, I'm going to go for a one-all. Mm. Um, it was two-all last, uh, last season there. I remember Tom Lawrence had a really good game for Ipswich. He was basically mm. the difference. Um, but I think it'll be a tight game. I think Mick McCarthy's side are always... The risk of sounding a bit cliche, you know, they they like Warnock. Yes, last night, very really similar. Kind of well drilled, they know what they're doing, mm. effective in what they're doing. Um, I think, yeah, it'd be a bit of a close game, and I think overall it'd probably be pretty pretty even. Yeah, I don't think there'd be much in it at all. I, yeah, all results are possible, I think, and uh, Ipswich, uh, they've kept faith with Mick McCarthy. So, I mean, they could have easily got rid of him quite yeah, a few I times. Mean, so. Same with, same yeah. with Lee Johnson. At yeah, that's when, amazing. When, when Reading beat them at the start of this year, you know, he was talking about him replacing him. Look at the job he's, he's done to turn them around. So it just shows it's not necessarily mm. the, the, the answer to sack your manager. No, definitely not. It isn't always the right thing to do. There seems to be this craze now, if you have five bad results, that we must get rid of a manager. Well, I don't think that's a good situation at all. No. no. So no, I think we've done the right thing, hopefully, keeping Yabstam. I haven't seen, even when we were playing really badly, I didn't see anything that showed me that the players were not fully behind him. I think all the players seem to love Yabstam. Everything I see, yeah. everything I hear shows that to me. Yeah. Whether we like the style of play, whether we think he could do this or that, they all love him. And you hear it when players sign all the time, I sign because Yabstam. So... You know, it's not a good reflection on Reading in many ways, but it's a it's a realistic situation. Yeah, so, of is, yeah. yeah. So, thanks a lot for listening, and um, uh, thanks for coming along, Jonathan. Okay, much thank appreciated. You very much for me, yeah. And uh, see you next time. Cheers.